Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. politicians nervous tonight and they should be nervous tonight especially the democrats because sam bankman freed has been busted not a bad place to be busted in the bahamas maybe having a few margaritas or whatever else but this guy clearly was not the smartest cog in the wheel there's no doubt about it And so tonight, I want to hear your thoughts here on the Rita Cosby Show as to what you think he was expecting to get for the tens of millions of dollars uh, that he was donating. He was the Democrats' biggest donor. So, you know, you see him there sitting next to Bill Clinton. I think it was at the Clinton Foundation and a couple others. So how nervous should the Democrats be tonight and some Republicans? Because when he did get busted, they said Republicans and Democrats. Clearly, there's an emphasis on Democrats because we saw him in these pictures getting all cozy-wozy with Maxine Waters. She was blowing him a kiss at one of the hearings. So you know that tonight there's a lot of shaking in boots at the White House, maybe, clearly. Definitely the Democratic National Committee and a whole bunch of other places. What do you think he was trying to get? And I find it unbelievable. As soon as I heard, oh, he's busted, I was like, God, I have never heard the Southern District of New York and basically any major white collar criminal investigation move so fast. And it was literally hours before he was supposed to testify before Congress. What a surprise, surprise, surprise. Now, this guy was yapping like a fish. I mean, this guy was like yappity, yappity, yappity. He was doing so many interviews. He was doing it with like all these unnamed podcasts and all these other places. And he said he was willing to testify. So isn't it interesting that hours before he was supposed to testify under oath, that suddenly, guess what? Wow, he gets busted by the feds. And now he's, of course, was arrested in the Bahamas. They say that they plan to extradite him, that the U.S. wants to extradite him eventually. But I just find the timing of all this, boy, does it smell really bad. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 one And by the way, John Solomon, the great investigative journalist, he's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes or so from now uh, to give us his take on what he knows about these big donations and also what he thinks Sam Bankman-Free was trying to buy. Not only was he trying to buy, what do you think he may have bought? That's the question tonight because you don't spend all that money. And then suddenly, you know what? Uh, Oh, I don't want any favors in return. 
And again, this guy wasn't that smart. I mean, you could tell just the way he was kind of like suddenly it unraveled so quick, suddenly all these things. So clearly, I bet you there's meetings where he was like, you know what? I'm going to give you X money. And in return, I would like blank, blank, blank. So you can imagine sort of where it's going and you can imagine what maybe he knows. And isn't it interesting that he was ready to tell all before Congress. So the whole American public would be able to see what this guy said. You know, if he was sitting there in Congress, they would have asked him, who did you donate to? Why did you donate there? What did you ask in return? And this guy was like a leaky sieve. He would have said, oh, yeah, I donated blank, blank. And they told me they were going to give me blank, blank, blank. So was there a policy that may have been altered? As a result of this guy's tens of millions of millions of millions of dollars, were there big decisions? Will we find out suddenly that certain people did certain things for policy or favors? How much money did he really put into Democrats and Republicans? Because some Republicans also got it, too. But boy, do I smell just something really bad. I have never seen the feds move so quick on somebody and bust somebody so quickly. And what a surprise that they lock him up right before he's about to testify publicly for the whole American public to hear the whole dirt. Because you know this guy was leaking like all over the place. He would have been like, uh... Here's another 10 names, and here's what I told them, and here's what I asked them, and here's what they gave me. So I think the dirt was going to be, like, uh, bigger than a big old sewage plant. And suddenly, I've never seen such a directive by DOJ, go get this guy. I don't care what part of the world he's in. He wasn't even in America. He was in the Bahamas, you guys. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing, that they suddenly swooped in and, like, oops, he's not able to testify now. What a surprise, surprise, surprise. I want to hear your thoughts tonight on this because I think this stinks to high heaven. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, here are the charges that came down from the Southern District of New York. Of course, here is Damian Williams. Take a listen. This morning, we unsealed an eight-count indictment. Samuel Bankman Freed, FTX's founder with a series of interrelated fraud schemes that contributed to FTX's collapse. I authorized these charges last week, Wednesday. A grand jury here in Manhattan indicted Mr. Bankman-Fried last week, Friday. Wow, did they move quick. Who do you think said, God, you got to hurry up and get that guy shut up? You know, we got to hurry up. We can't have him leaking like a sieve like he is all over the broadcast. And if he's under oath? Before Congress, you know he was going to be asked some tough questions, and that guy, it looks like he would have told all. You know, you would have tickled him, and the guy would have, like, uh, gotten the word out. That guy was like a leaky sieve. one 800 848 Let's go to Rick on line one. Uh, Rick, your thoughts about all this? Hello, beautiful Rita. It's Rick TD, your friendly neighborhood global warming scam debunker. I got 10 bucks that says he's going to get epstein Ah, so so what do you mean by Epstein? Obviously, we know what happened to Epstein, uh, supposedly, and I say supposedly, I, and Rick, you guys all know me. I am not a huge conspiracy theorist, but 
I definitely question the whole Epstein death. Is that where you're going with the Jeffrey Epstein? Like suddenly he's going to go to prison and suddenly, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to uh, to be with us anymore. Put it that way. They claim it was suicide, but so many questions about that case. What do you think, Rick? That was my very first thought was he knows too much. They're going to arrest him. And then mysteriously, he's going to, quote, unquote, commit suicide. Wow. So you think that something's going to suddenly happen to him uh, behind bars. And why do you think that? Um, And what do you think he knows too much about, Rick? Well, he knows about, you know, who's funding what in the Democrat Party. Yeah. And also, you know what? Also, what did they promise him? Because, you know, you don't suddenly say, hey, I'm going to give you money, um, you know, especially this kind of money. Without some sort of favor, this guy is not like has a track record because he's not old enough to have like it's not like he's like a a Democrat who's been in a Democrat for, you know, 40 years or 50 years. He gave so much money, especially to the midterms. I mean, there he was sitting on the stage, you know, with Clinton and so many of these other who's who they were. He was totally embraced. They clearly all knew him. So he got very chumsy wumsy. So. What do you think they promised him in return? That's the thing, too. And do you think his big money, I I find it hard to believe his big money didn't influence major decisions, major policies, decisions, Rick? We probably have more information to get yet, and that's why I think they're going to Epstein him. But it's always a one hand washes the other thing. If you look at Obama giving $535 million to Solyndra for the new green solar tubes, what happened? Uh, we found out that they donated like $30 million to his campaign fund. And then as soon as they gave Solyndra the money, they went bankrupt and, and took off. They vanished. Yeah, you know what's an interesting thing you bring up, Rick? We wonder how much of this was maybe even known before the midterms, you know, because he gave a lot of money to the midterms. And it is interesting that it's soon after the midterms. It just kind of happens to be that this happened. So you wonder, did they kind of maybe some of them know that this guy wasn't on the up and up and yet they waited till after the midterms to suddenly uh, bust him because they wanted the money first. And by the way, Rick, too, the White House, uh, Biden was asked, you know, hey, you know, the White House, will he be returning the money? Because he got a lot of money. Um, you know, and also obviously Democratic donors got tons and tons of money. And so far, there's no answer from the White House as to whether he's going to return the funds. I mean, these came from individuals who were donating. As it turns out, he, of course, was putting money in this other company. And then that other company was doing donations. So it was totally dirty money. But don't you think they should be returning the donations to Rick? Should be. They should be seizing any of his property right now, whatever they can do to get that money, trace that money back. Yeah, 1,000%. I agree with you, Rick. Thanks so much. And when we come back, everybody, I'm going to continue with your calls. Dirty money. Will the Dems and others, maybe some Republicans too, as we know, will they return it? And what did Sam Bankman-Fried know about the Democrats? What was he buying And you just heard from Rick. I actually, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I like how Rick made Epstein a verb and said he's going to be Epstein. I don't want that on anybody, but I'd watch and I'd look for a lot of protection in prison because, boy, who knows what this guy knows? 1-800-848-9222. And we're going to talk to a great investigative journalist, John Solomon, 
when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. behind bars there is no doubt about that this guy who got busted and boy he makes uh it looks like bernie madoff uh look like a like a poor man right this is really horrible when you see what he did but now we're finding out the role that maybe he was trying to have an influence on the democrats especially and of course some republicans too but this guy was leaking all over the place i mean He was just about to testify before Congress, and he was talking to everybody so much. He even did a podcast yesterday called Unusual Whales. And take a listen to what he said. Uh, He wasn't expecting to be arrested whatsoever. Are you worried you might be detained if you stepped foot into the U.S.? I don't believe I would be, but I haven't done a deep dive into that. At some point, that's something I have to think harder about. This guy didn't have a care in the world. You know, he was going to like if he went before Congress and he was planning to testify today before Congress, he would have been like, oh, yeah, let me tell you everybody that I donated to. Let me tell you what I was asking from them. And wow, what a surprise. He suddenly gets arrested by the Biden DOJ. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is the great investigative journalist, John Solomon. Uh, John, wow, what did you make of the timing of this? Here he was supposed to kind of tell all, and you could tell this guy was talking all over the place. It it seemed like he was talking to some unusual podcast. I mean, all these different podcasts, all these different interviews, he was ready to yap, and suddenly he gets basically busted, and now he's clamping up. Yeah, well, listen, it's a dramatic thing. I, I thought it was amazing that a man in the direct targets of the Justice Department was considering testifying uh, before a House Banking Committee this morning or to be doing interviews. I think he was a defense lawyer's nightmare because everywhere he went, he added to his story of carelessness, recklessness, perhaps intentional fraud. And I think uh, today that story ended with his arrest uh, overnight in Bahama. I think a lot of people will think, uh, well, maybe the Justice Department was trying to silence him. Certainly the timing is suspect, and I don't believe there are coincidences in Washington, but his arrest was inevitable. And I think what's more important now is to focus on the facts that are before us. This isn't just a fraud involving uh, securities and commodities and billions of dollars stolen from investors. That is absolutely true. It mirrors some of the other great frauds in history. Maybe this is even larger than most of the ones in history. But this is also going to be one of the largest campaign finance 
scandals in American history. Why do we say that? Because in the indictment today, in the news conference today, the U.S. attorney said that when he diverted these billions of dollars from his investors uh, on the crypto exchange to one of his private companies, he then made millions of dollars in contributions funded from the, the theft of those funds. Millions. We're not talking about um, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. They're talking about millions of dollars of donations stolen from the money of investors, and sometimes made in the names of other people. We call those straw donors. Uh, they allege at least twenty-five thousand dollars in candidate donations were made in the name of others from his proceeds. But the prosecutor repeatedly kept talking about millions of dollars of donations are involved in this. What does that mean? Most of his money went to the Democratic Party. We know that. He was uh, the the second largest identified donor to Democratic causes in this past election. It means the Democratic Party aided and abetted in these uh, donations. Whether they knew it or not, they were taking money from a young kid that had a sudden wealth that no one had really questioned, and they were moving it into their offers to help win the 2022 election. This is going to be a political scandal, not just a financial scandal. You know, when you bring up all the straw donations um, and you use the phrase like aided and abetted, do you believe, I guess the quick question is, and that's the issue is, did they know um, or were they, as you bring up, were they just um, reckless that they never investigated? Here's this sudden guy who looks like he just got like out of summer camp yeah. uh, and the way he dressed with his shorts and the whole to do. And they obviously clearly they didn't care. They just wanted the money. Um, could you know the question is as you suggest, John, either they were reckless or they didn't do a thorough investigation of who this guy was with suddenly tons of money, and do they need to now return all the money? The White House was asked, "Will Joe Biden return the money that he got?" You know, and they wouldn't even answer yet. Well, listen, the Democrats faced these very same questions three decades ago during the Clinton White House when we had the big Asia fundraising scandal. And the same question existed then. Wouldn't Democrats be suspicious when Buddhist monks were making money when they don't have any jobs? And uh, and the Democrats didn't ask questions then. And I think in this case here, you have that same willful blindness. And, and let's keep in mind, there are about 250000 of these million-dollar uh, donations that went to Republican or conservative causes, too. But it's a small percentage. I think I read about 5% of his money went to Republicans right now that we know of. But uh, no one seemed to question how does this young young boyish face who came out of nowhere, where's his money coming from? What is the status of this crypto exchange? Should we really be taking $100 million from a guy where we don't really know how long his business has been in place? I mean, you get to Elon Musk, you know he's been around 10 or 20 years. You get to, you know, Jeff Bezos at Amazon or George Soros, they've been making money for a long time. You can understand their established businesses. This guy's a flash in the pan, and all of a sudden he's the second largest donor in the Democratic elections, up against some of the biggest heavyweights in political history, and no one seemed to ask the fundamental question. Whose money is this? Where is this coming from? And now we know from the indictment today, if prosecutors are telling us the truth, this money was defrauded from investors and routed into the political system in one of the largest political fundraising scandals in history. You know, the question is, too, also, John Solomon, is that what was he expecting 
too. I mean, you know, this guy, yeah. the thing, it's it's interesting because he was clearly like talking all over the place. He was clearly sloppy, just like you said. I mean, it's like the writing sort of on the wall that he should have been looked into when suddenly don't, somebody's donating that kind of money. But he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, he goes before somebody and says, hey, you know, I'll give you this, but do me a favor if you could kind of blank, blank, blank. Um, you know, I'm curious, what was he expecting in return? You don't just suddenly donate all that money without something that you're sort of hoping to achieve. This didn't get a lot of attention, but about a week ago, two good government groups, Public Citizen and Crew, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, they filed complaints. And the, the narrative that they told, they foretold what where prosecutors were headed in these complaints. They said he was trying to buy influence with the money of his investors. Buy influence. That's the thing we always hear in Washington. Buy access, buy influence. And I think at the end of the day, we don't know what that influence was aimed at. Was he trying to get uh, less regulation for the crypto markets? Did he have some other agenda? We won't know that until this case develops more. And of course, he should be given the presumption of innocence, like all people are, until they're convicted. But we now have strong signs that this money was at an effort of buying influence. That's what the original civil complaints alleged a week ago before the Justice Department came in and confirmed that they also believe these donations are suspect. So uh, we're going to learn a lot more about what those intentions are, who he was contacting, what favors he had. The important thing in this case is that the current CEO of the company is cooperating fully, which means there's not going to be any difficulty in prosecutors getting the evidence they need to understand. And when you hear the successor to Sam Bankman Fried talk today, he said there was just simply no accountability, no financial controls whatsoever. And oftentimes money moved without any documentation. So this is going to be a case of extraordinarily bad uh, management, quick movement of money, and it's going to take the testimony of witnesses to let us know what was Sam Friedman Bank yep. trying to get from, from his money. Yeah, big time. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that guy was like, it was simple embezzlement. That was wild to hear that guy say that. John Solomon, you are awesome. Thank you for being here, John. We appreciate it. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from New Jersey, where Sergeant John Alloway, who is a New Jersey Department of Corrections sergeant, is being hailed a hero. Uh, after saving a motorist who was trapped in his car after an early morning accident. The sergeant was driving along the highway at 5 a.m. on his way to work at Southwood State Prison when he caught sight of a car that was flipped onto its side. He activated his emergency lights to control the flow of traffic on the ramp, and then the sergeant pulled over to render assistance. He then noticed a male driver struck inside, was stuck inside the vehicle, and it was on fire. 
So while a passerby called 911, the sergeant immediately grabbed a fire extinguisher from his own car, then doused the fire. He then pried open the driver's side door and pulled out the trapped individual who was luckily conscious and helped him to the side of the road. And when EMS and state police arrived, they tended to the driver and they also got a statement from their best witness, Sergeant Alloway. The Department of Corrections Commissioner in New Jersey said, quote, we are very proud of and grateful to Sergeant Alloway's actions in this situation. Without hesitation, this valued sergeant placed himself in harm's way to help and be of service to the public. His dedication and his actions are the embodiment of the New Jersey Department of Corrections. Bravo to this great, great sergeant who just happened to be driving by on his way to work and saved this man's life. What a great, great story. And we're, of course, so grateful for everybody in the Corrections Department and all our great men and women in blue. Well, Sam Bankman-Fried, the Democratic mega donor and somebody who donated just a little bit to Republicans, as far as we know, but big time to the Democrats, he's going to be seeing a lot of men and women in blue because he is now arrested. He's in the Bahamas and will soon be extradited to the United States. Well, you heard from John Solomon, who said, wow, this is probably going to be one of the biggest campaign finance scandals in American history, because he said all these people, especially Democrats, took all this major money, and we're talking tens of millions of dollars from this fallen crypto con man, and basically... They didn't ask any questions. Here's this young guy. I mean, if you see him, he's like dressed in shorts. He looks like he I, I brought up summer camp. Uh, the guy is like, you know, the guy would have folded like a cheap suit if he had gone before Congress. And we're going to get to that in a moment, because I think there's something really fishy here with all of that, that he was just about to testify and said he has no problem testifying. And who knows what he might have said, but somehow he's basically clamped up now because he's been arrested. That's what happens uh, when you get arrested by the feds and they swooped in on him faster than I think I've seen any federal white collar crime investigation in all the years that I've covered them. Boy, was this fast action. Could it be because he was donating so much money to Democrats And you just heard from John Solomon. I thought what John said was really powerful when he said that there are also these straw donations. And that is going to be enormous because he says he believes uh, his information and that he was also some of it was alluded to today that there was this money, millions of dollars donated sometimes in other people's names. That is illegal. You're not supposed to say, um, Johnny can, you know, because there's a max of how much you can donate. So they hit the max with one person, then they hit the max with another person. You can't pretend like it's somebody else's donation when it's your donation. So he was putting it under all these other people's names. So let alone the fact that there was so much under his name and the company's name and all this other stuff, there were also a whole bunch of other people suddenly donating money and it came routed through Sam Bankman-Fried. So could it be that maybe some people, politicians, knew it was dirty money, but they just didn't care because they just wanted the money anyway. And what was he trying to buy with all this influence? And did he buy any influence? That's the other question. Did somebody actually change policy, make a promise to him, do something that altered something in exchange for his millions upon millions of dollars? 
It's really interesting that he suddenly got arrested hours before he's supposed to testify. It just smells rotten. And here is Jesse Waters talking about this on Fox News earlier today. Take a listen. Everybody was in bed with this guy. And for a month and a half, he went out and talked more than Fauci and exposed the code. And the code is, I'm going to say whatever the left wants me to, wants to hear, and I'm going to shovel money down their throat. So they let me do what I want. You're not supposed to talk about the code. It's a silent code. It's called greenwashing, wokewashing, whatever you call it. And that blows up the whole system. And it's kind of like bribery and it's kind of like greasing politicians. But he put it out there way too graphically. So he had to go down. So he had to go down because he was too big of a talker. I told you he was talking to this uh, podcast called Unusual Whales. I've heard of a lot of uh, different podcasts, but I've never heard of Unusual Whales. And this guy was such a wimp, you know, he was going to break like there was no tomorrow. He's already complaining, by the way. Uh, He is begging a judge to let him loose in the Bahamas because he says it doesn't work. The food there doesn't work with his vegan diet. And he has an apparent ADD, attention deficit diagnosis, and he begged the judge to let him out. And the judge said, "Mm -mm, it ain't going to happen. So you know that this guy, if he got under like, I would have loved to see John Kennedy or somebody like him asking a question. So, sir, uh, with his big uh, Louisiana accent, you know, how many people did you give money to? He would have been like, "Uh, uh, 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 he would have like kept they would have had him there for five days. He would have been naming names. He would have been places, favors. This guy was like he can't even handle a few hours behind bars and Bahamas has great food. And he's complaining about the, you know, it doesn't work with his vegan diet. So what do you think this guy knew? And don't you think it's awfully fishy that they bust him right before he is about to testify for the whole American public to see what he was going to say? Because those statements also, by the way, would have been really powerful. They would have been under oath. They're admissible. Um, You know, he would have had to say, okay, you know, I testify truthfully, the whole truth, the whole thing. And he said he was willing to testify. If you're going to talk to a podcast called The Unusual Whales podcast, you are going to leak like a sieve if you say you're going to testify before Congress. I mean, this is really interesting. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here's a little bit more of Jesse Waters' analysis. He stole money from people, and then he donated it to the Democrats. So Biden had to bust his second biggest mega donor. It was a pump and dump. He was pumping and dumping, but the Democrats pumped and dumped him. They legitimized him. He's got his company's name on arenas. He's up there with Bill and celebrities now. There's collateral damage. So he went down hard. Boy, did he go down hard and very quickly, which to me is so suspicious, What a surprise. He's the second biggest donor to the Democratic Party, a mega donor. And now he is suddenly behind bars in a foreign country immediately. It it looks so bad. Eight criminal charges. He could spend the rest of his life behind bars. And he was just a few hours away from testifying. And Judge Jeanine Pirro, of course, a former judge, said, you know what? You look at all this and you say this kind of a person would have been a gold mine had they testified. 
I mean, anybody knows this. You go before Congress, what they say is absolutely admissible in court. Again, it's under oath. So that's really quality. That would have been great. All these podcasts aren't under oath. So it's not like they can use that information. They can say, hey, you said this. Did you mean this? But if you go before Congress, first of all, it would have been televised. Everybody would have seen it. You would have heard all the names of people he donated. He definitely was going to start naming names. You know they were going to ask him unless they received the donations like Maxine Waters. But other than that, so all of this, he would have been asking, you know, they would have said, hey, who did you donate to? What did you ask? What did you do? And are you testifying truthfully? You know, if you lie to us, you could get behind bars. And isn't that interesting that suddenly that was stopped within hours. Any prosecutor in this country with a grain of salt and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Southern District, they're some of the best of the best. These guys are some of the top of the line. Any prosecutor worth their grain of salt would have said, this is a dream. Let him testify first. It was slated. It was scheduled. It wasn't a surprise testimony. Let him walk himself in. Maybe we can find more crimes. Maybe we can hold him accountable to what he's saying. Maybe there's something else we can catch him on that we didn't know. It will reinforce our case because the minute we arrest him, he will clamp down. So isn't that interesting that they didn't allow that moment to happen, which is so unusual, so unusual. Here is Judge Jeanine Pirro's analysis. Why would the Southern District that takes months and months and months, especially in economic crimes, move so quickly? Well, you could argue that maybe they were worried about he might abscond, but at the same time, he was willing to testify. And as any prosecutor knows, if you're going to trial, what you want more than anything is prior statements of a defendant. And this individual has testified for weeks on end and made incriminating statements. None of those statements will be inadmissible. He swore to tell the truth. They are under oath. There is no Miranda required. There is no constitutional custody issue. Those statements are golden. So why stop him from testifying in front of Congress today? Because you don't want information to come out that's political. Yeah, exactly right. Why would you shut him up hours before he is about to lay the golden goose and tip you off on probably a lot more crimes then you might not even be aware of at this time. That is what I've never seen that happen. I've never seen that happen. That is really suspicious. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, let's go to Norm. Line six. Norm, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, this crypto is a bunch of Ponzi scheme crap, number one. This is my opinion, of course. But uh, I think this is simple. Um, The Democrats are doing everything they can as quickly as possible before January to squelch anything that could splash mud on them. Uh, Just like they're trying to pass everything woke legislation like that uh, Marriage Protection Act before January, before the January House changes. And as far as Bankman Freed, Having anything bad befall him, I doubt it will. Um, He's too protected by the Dems, like the Clinton crime family and, of course, the sitting government. So I don't see, uh, I mean, as far as Bankman Freed, he'll get off. I mean, Ah, I don't know. No, no, I disagree, Norm. There is no, oh, oh, a thousand percent he will not get off. Okay. The, The question is, 
you bring up what what made me think of one thing. His, I think it's his girlfriend who ran this sort of separate company. We haven't heard anything yes. about her. Like, is she mm-hmm. cooperating? Are they going to go after her next? Is she flipping on him? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they going to try to get her to flip or whatever the case is? Because clearly it sounds like there was intermingling of funds. We don't know, you know, what her role was or whatever, but it sure seems right. like you would certainly want her to be called in and questioned. But I, there is no way that this guy is not going to be, um, you know, he's already been indicted. It's a, it's eight counts, serious counts. Okay. I think there'll be some minimal. The question is, will he cut a deal? That that will be. And, yeah. and, and the other question is, does the DOJ want him to cut a deal? I don't, I, based on, mm-hmm. you heard what I said with the timing, Norm. There's something so mm-hmm. fishy about all this that they wouldn't allow him to testify. And I use that phrase because somehow he suddenly gets arrested before he's about to, like, expose all these names and people and all that right. stuff. So you like I think at the end of the day maybe he gets less time if he somehow helps somebody or turns on a Republican but doesn't say a word about a Democrat, right? You know, then they'll cut him a deal, right? right? You know, then he'll be then they'll buy him an island somewhere, right? <laughs> I don't know. It, it just it's just I mean, I'm looking. Have you seen this girlfriend? I mean, she looks like uh I mean, they're they're both really pathetic people in some ways. I don't know how the hell anybody would give them money. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I think of the great the great people who earned money in the past. You know, millionaires and billionaires, like the Carnegies and the J.P. Morgans. I mean, these were these were substantial people building the infrastructure of the United States at the same time they they were robbing. But I mean, I just look at these these flies, these these lightweight bugs making billions of dollars. And uh, it's just it's just it's just reflective of like everything like this government. He's a perfect financial advisor for our president. You know, exactly. Flyweight. Yeah. These flyweight bugs not doing anything for this country, just stealing, you know, and that's, you know, that's. It's just sad. It's it is sad. really sad. And you know what also, Norm, too, the the other thing that really is the sad is these people who invested in him. Because, you know, when they saw him sitting there with Clinton mm-hmm. or they saw him with these other big Democratic names, it was sort of a stamp of approval, you know, for these investors. Right. Like, oh, he's got to be credible because surely they would have looked into, you know, his background. You know, he's hanging out with them so clearly – he right. knows them. And and so my heart breaks for these individual investors. I mean, there are so many people who, like you said, really thought this was like a, you know, like a get rich quick, but but trusted this guy. And I hope at some point they, of course, first and foremost, get, you know, get compensated somehow. It's just that to me, you hear these stories of these people who lost their life savings. And that is, you know, that is just it's it's so, so sad and I hope that they get recuperated first and foremost. I mean, that that is just heartbreaking. Norm, thank you very, very much. Um, let's go to Bobby. Line four. Bobby, your thoughts. Trade Bankman for Willing. All right, uh, Rita. Oh, there you go. Actually, that w- by the way, that that's an interesting point. That's a that's a that's a good one, by the way, Bob. Trade Bankman for Whelan, for Paul Whelan. 
Just don't tell, don't tell uh, Biden that, you know, he, or he may not even be aware of it. Who knows? He's so out of it. Bob, that's a good one. Thank you very much. I think a lot of the investors would feel that way, too. Believe me. Let's go to BJ. Line one. BJ, your thoughts. So Bankman is a 30-year-old. He's not a little punk in the basement. And uh, he's a kook, okay? Uh, he was promoting this altruism religion. It was a religious cult wrapped up in a financial fraud. This was a, uh, a a floating crap game that went on for years. Years this thing went on. He spread the money around like manure to all these Democrats. By the way, you're going to hear the word Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. The, 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 the father uh, advised uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. The, the brother was an aide to a congressman. So uh, this guy was trying to run the table of his floating crap game. And by the way, and the mother, what, you forgot the mother, I think, also oh, was yeah. like a big supporter of like uh, Democratic, you know, causes and political committees. I yeah. mean, you know, they, they were all, you know, all deeply entrenched. We just heard also with BJ, too, that um, John Solomon was saying, I think he said it's about 5 percent is what we know of that went to the GOP. And the rest, the other 95, as far as we know, pretty much went to Democrats. So, um, by the way, I went, before I let you go, do you think Rick was saying this is scary, that he thinks he's going to be, quote, Epstein? What's your thought about that, BJ? No, I, I think this is an ugly mirror. Uh, this is uh, people who uh, wanted something uh, for nothing, and they wound up with nothing. As far as that business, no, they just put a bag on him because he's unstable. He was giving all these crazy interviews. He doesn't make any sense. You listen to him for about five seconds. He, 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 they, they're you can't let people like that who committed such a fraud wander around the, the, the earth like a, a hapless fool. you gotta, you got to stop them from hurting themselves. Oh, and by the and way, who, and hurting others, too. Uh, I mean, BJ, that's the other thing, too. But what's, what's so interesting, because he was sort of such a loose cannon, it's interesting that they did not let him testify before Congress, because that would have been, boy, that would have been a gift to the co- prosecution. Uh, And that's what's so suspicious about all this. We're going to take your calls more after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, in the next hour, we're also going to talk about the border crisis, which is going to be unbelievable. Believable. It is a disaster already, and Title 42 is expected to be lifted in a matter of days. It is going to be a catastrophe. They're predicting as many as 10,000 illegal migrants crossing every day into our country. And the Biden administration, he hasn't even gone to the border. It is outrageous. We're going to talk about that. Also, everybody, the holidays are here And as you know, it is time to help make a difference. And this holiday season, the Red Apple Audio Network, we are so proud to be teaming up with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual holiday radio-a-thon. This Thursday, December 15th from 6 a.m. to noon, help us raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation's Season of Hope. All the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes and their families this holiday season. And boy, do they deserve our support. And you do not have to wait till Thursday right now 
you can donate just $11 a month or more at two at t two t dot rita cosby online dot com that's t two number two t two t dot rita cosby online dot com happy holidays everybody and thank you from the red apple audio network and tunnel to towers they're such an amazing organization does so much good go to t two t dot rita cosby online dot com and donate to this incredible organization. What a great gift this holiday season. Uh, let's go to Judy in Manhattan, line two. Judy, your thoughts about Sam Bankman-Fried? Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm wondering, do you think he could be um, like a front, like a fall guy? Because he doesn't seem like he's smart enough to pull this off. And I, I, I was raised in urban New York, so I know how drug dealers work. And they would take the somebody that's innocent but dumb and use them to run their drugs. And I'm getting the impression that that's what he is. He's a, a fall guy. That's it. You know, Judy, you bring up actually a really interesting point because – he sure does seem dumb. He doesn't seem that smart. And boy, is he softy. He's he's complaining about the Bahamian food. There's some great conch down there, like some really good conch chowder and stuff down there. I love the Bahamian food, right? But he can't even handle a few hours in prison because he's got a vegan diet. Um, and you got to wonder, like, how did he pull this off? And why weren't people asking questions? Uh, Who knows? We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. Stay with us. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. couldn't get any worse well wait till you see what's going to happen in a little over a week when title 42 is lifted by the way the largest migrant caravan basically they believe in u.s history just crossed uh full of illegal migrants from mexico into texas and what a disaster that is for residents down there it's outrageous i i've said this i just feel it is a dereliction of duty by this president, by Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the two of them. It is outrageous that they have allowed that border to be so wide open and so dangerous. That is such a outrage to our national security and our sovereignty of this country. I mean, what other country in the United States has such a wide open border, doesn't really vet anybody, allows them to come in and pays them basically to stay here? And then says, hey, can we give you citizenship, too? It's outrageous. And for a country like the United States, where right now there are so many things going on. What about Victor Boot? (laughs) What about all these other things that are going on in the United States and the threats against us and the people that wish to do us harm? And now you're going to have 
a worse border, if that's even humanly possible. It is outrageous. So what do you think we need to do when Title 42, which was that health provision, which basically allowed them to send them back across the border, back into Mexico, uh, and yet the Biden administration was barely enforcing that. But if you thought things were already really bad at the border, now they are predicting that up to 10,000 illegal migrants could cross our border illegally from Mexico into the United States every single day. That is a shocking number. And we've already seen astronomical numbers cross the border. So who do you blame for it? What do you think needs to be done to protect the sovereignty of this country, to protect us? And what do you think needs to happen urgently I mean, we are literally talking eight days until Title 42 is supposed to be lifted. What are your thoughts about this? And are you as concerned as I am and as so many U.S. officials are? 1-800-848-9222. To me, this is a huge issue. And when you sit there and you think about how bad our border is right now, that there have been so many people that are on the terrorist watch list that already have been allowed to enter our country. They're already basically getting green lighted left and right. Hey, come on in. No problem. As if you think that there's a problem for them. They're just crossing like in broad daylight. They're not even hiding. They're just kind of crossing because they know that they're going to get through. And yet, can you imagine if it's supposed to get a lot worse starting in just about a week with Title 42 to be lifted? This, to me, is not just a border crisis. This is a border catastrophe. This is an outright border catastrophe. And this could be something that is going to have, I believe, uh, repercussions on our American sovereignty, on our American security, for decades, potentially generations to come. To me, this is such an enormously serious issue. And the fact that our American president doesn't even go to the border, doesn't even care about the border, is just kind of like, yeah, whatever, blows it off, could care less. And to me, it is such an outrage, and it is really an enormous concern. Things are so bad, by the way, in El Paso, Texas, that lately all of these migrant facilities and these shelters that they've set up, they are overflowing. So guess what's happening? They're just releasing them out onto the street. So how, first of all, is that protecting the communities in El Paso? It isn't whatsoever. That is a huge issue for them. And second of all, how is that also being fair to the migrants? I don't blame people. I've always said I don't blame them for coming to America. It's the greatest country in the world. But if they suddenly come here and you let them out on the streets and they're sleeping out in the cold on the streets, on a sidewalk, how is that giving them a better life also? So it's not helping them and it's certainly not helping communities. And to me, this has been the biggest shame, I think, of this administration. And I haven't even talked about fentanyl yet. Fentanyl killing the leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds in the United States. And this president hasn't said we've got to stop the fentanyl and go over and try to bro- you know, block the flow, try to like put a hammer down on cartels, uh, hasn't 
closed the border, hasn't reprimanded China, which is working with two of the biggest cartels, the Sinaloa and the Jalisco cartels. He hasn't done anything. It is an outrage. And to me, the fact that this is about to get a whole lot worse, this is going to be enormously disastrous to our country. And again, for such a long, long time, you can't let it. How do you take it out of the bottle? Suddenly people come to this country, many of them who've never been vetted, never checked. The cartels are making so much money, the fentanyl. It's not like you, even if you close the border tomorrow, which they certainly will not do this Biden administration, even if they did, the damage has already been done so greatly to this country. It is outrageous, and someone needs to be held accountable. Many people need to be held accountable because the ball has been dropped, and this is in so many ways irreversible. It's going to take so long to undo the damage that this administration has caused by this open border, it is an outrage. What do we need to do now, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. First off, here is Senator Haggerty talking about what he thinks is going to happen with Title 42. I tried to modify Title 42 with my act to make fentanyl and the threat of fentanyl crossings. One of the reasons that our Border Patrol agents could still use Title 42, it's the last tool that they have in place. What we're seeing right now is already a tidal wave of people coming across that southern border. When Title 42 is lifted, it's going to turn into a tsunami, and we will have more deaths by overdose as a result of this. The Democrats continue to block it. It is going to be a tsunami. And listen to what Corinne Jean-Pierre had to say. This, to me, is such a bunch of hogwash. This is the White House Press Secretary And here she is basically saying, you know what, Um, we're working on things. I mean, is there anybody who believes that? That is just unbelievable. This is what she had to say when she was asked, aren't you worried about Title 42, Biden administration? Your first responsibility is to protect the homeland. How concerned is the administration that there will be this unprecedented surge of migrants trying to come across the border once Title 42 goes away? So look, um, as you know, um, uh, as I know you guys are all tracking, the Secretary Mayorkas is in El Paso today and he's assessing operations and he's speaking to the workforce down there. He's also meeting with local officials who have been who have uh, been incredibly important partners uh, as we rebuild our asylum system. The Department of Homeland Security is working to quickly decompress uh, what we're seeing in the El Paso area, for example, and safety and uh, efficiently screen and process migrants to place them in immigration enforcement proceeding over the the last 18 months, uh, DHS has deployed enhanced autom- automated processing system, automated sur- sur- surveillance towers, rescue beacons, and additional personnel to the sector. In addition to that, CBP has deployed additional agents support the sector. Uh, that's on top of the mobile processing units, medical screening personnel, and nearly 1,000 Border Patrol processing coordinate- coordinators DHS already had deployed in the area. Really? Does anybody believe any of that? That, to me, was like circle back sake uh, times 500. I mean, it was. Does anybody believe that they are doing anything other than incentivizing people to cross this border? And they're talking about adding money, but they're not talking about adding money for enforcement. They are talking about adding money so they can hasten the processing and make sure the migrants who are coming here illegally are taken better care of, as opposed to anything to do 
with the wall, anything to do with additional security so they don't come here. This, to me, is downright shameful. And listen to Brandon Judd. He is with the Border Patrol Council. Uh, he represents, of course, all the border agents that are literally right there on the front line. So they know what they're talking about. And this is his response to Corinne Jean-Pierre. They're not just in a state of denial. They're in a state of lying. They are lying to the American people because they know that the, that the mainstream media is not going to fact check them. And if the mainstream media doesn't fact check them, their lies become the truth. And Congressman Andy Biggs, of course, from Arizona, right there, one of those border states, says he has a top priority for Mayorkas. We're holding this press conference today to reiterate the importance of constitutional discipline for Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas in the 118th Congress. In August 2021, I was the first member of Congress to introduce articles of, of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. And now that we have the majority in the House of Representatives, I expect our party to pursue impeachment next Congress. Secretary Mayorkas has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. His conduct is not incompetent, it's not negligent, it is willful and intentional. It is intentional. I mean, how could you say it's anything other than they really want these people in this country? I mean, I don't know how he can say anything otherwise. And part of one of these plans that they're talking about is amnesty, you know, is keeping amnesty so they can suddenly get citizenship, fast track to citizenship. That's what they want all the time. That's what they have been saying. And so how can you say it's anything other than a clear dereliction of duty? And that, to me, is an outrage. 1-800-848-9222. And before we go to the border, I see we've got a couple calls here still on Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, let's go to Michael in Dallas on line three. Michael, your thoughts about uh, the crypto con man and the fact that he was just about to testify before Congress, Michael. And we know that Mayorkas, I'm sure, is going to be testifying before Congress on the border. But what do you make of Sam Bankman-Fried? I'll give you a quick comment on both categories. I think Bankman-Fried wasn't so much searching for power and position, Rita. I think he was offered power and position. I think that he is part of a, a group or another group of people. The feds have been coming down on the cryptocurrency exchange quite heavily. And Maxine Waters, she chairs the House Financial Services. You can't tell me that Nancy Pelosi doesn't always know what's going on. I think they were ahead of the curve. And there's one thing to be a member of the country club. There's another thing to be a guest. And Sam is just a guest. I think there's more going on behind the scenes. And um, I, too bad he couldn't have testified because I think he would have blown it right off, right off the top. I think Biden's going to be one of the biggest pardoning presidents we've ever had in history. Ah, oh, wow. So do you think he might even pardon Sam Bankman-Fried? Is that where you think this is headed, Michael? That's an interesting uh, innuendo. Well, if 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 there if it's found that members of Congress are a part of this, we may even find out that some of those members aren't going to run again in twenty twenty uh, in in twenty twenty four. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, he could blow the lid like we just heard from John Solomon, Michael, um, and and John was basically saying the straw donations is where it gets really tricky. If they knew that he was faking. Uh, putting it under somebody else's name, but that person, a lot of times, you know, with these straw donations, people don't know uh, that suddenly, you know, it's an employee of his or a friend of his and, you know, a cousin of his who made a donation because he maxed out himself. 
the amount that you could donate to somebody. So he did the same thing. So if they can prove that they were aware that they were fraudulent, this could get really ugly quickly, Michael. I think it could really embarrass a lot of people that were caught quick and uh, they needed to silence him real quickly. Being a Texan on the border, Rita, I believe that Texas had 38 electoral college votes in the 2020 election. I think that with the census, we're moving to 40. This is a red state. What better way could you flip Texas than to give citizenship and amnesty and tell people, look, because we did this for you, you should vote for us. 40 electoral votes. That's a lot in two years, Rita. Yeah, that is. Wow. That's a really interesting. Is it 40 now? Is that what the plan is, Michael? Is that correct? I think it's going to go to 40. I, I believe we're at 38. And, um, you know, I, I'd hate to misquote, but I, I think there's a I think it's going to be changed because of the population increase of the last census in 2020. Yeah, and you're right. And a lot of them are staying in that area. Michael, thank you. Really interesting from Dallas. Real quick, let's go to Robert. Line eight. Robert, your thoughts about the crypto con man, Sam Bankman Freed. Hi, Rita. I think this is going to come back to Eric Adams, mayor of New York. Because a couple of weeks ago, he had said how New York City is going to become the crypto exchange center of the world. Ah, that's it. So, yeah, I do remember that. But we haven't heard that he got donations, as far as I know. What do you why do you think it's going to come back to bite him that somehow you think Sam Bankman Freed's name is going to come up for maybe a, a what, a donation to Eric Adams, or he donated to a lot of Democrats. We don't know who yet. Yes, yes. For him to come to New York with his compatriots in crime and set this up, just like Wall Street, only it's crypto instead. Yeah, that's an interesting point. To Adams and everybody else that are illegal, that are going to be a part of getting this mechanism going. Yeah, very. By the way, that's interesting. And look, it was the Southern District of New York uh, that sure moved pretty quickly. Um, We don't know that yet, of course, Robert. But boy, could that be interesting? Because you're right. He was definitely, you know, saying, hey, we got to be the front row of crypto. We got to be this. We got to be that. Um, So you bet that at least Sam Bankman Freed, I'm sure, uh, was trying to at least uh, get to Eric Adams. The question is, was there anything there? That's really fascinating we don't know that uh but boy uh there could be a lot of things unraveling robert 1-800-848-9222-1-800-848-9222 and we'll talk about the border when we come back the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network Never go wrong with the little great Stevie Wonder music. I love Stevie. He is so, so great. What a great, great performer. Well, I would say that Biden is a great performer, not a great president, because he says, oh, yeah, the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something else. That takes a lot of performance skill to keep avoiding that question and keep avoiding the border. And Brandon Judd, who is head of the border union, says this basically president and his team have been derelict. 
What's craziest to me is that $97 million um, dollars worth of narcotics that were seized. When you look at that, that is in two days. And the amount of narcotics that get away, we estimate that we only apprehend about 10% of the narcotics that come in. And it all starts with illegal immigration. When the cartels know that they can flood our resources with illegal immigrants, they know that it pulls agents off the border. And when they pull the agents off the border, that's when they get their higher value products into the, into the country. Whether it's criminal aliens, whether it's aliens from, from countries that want to do us harm or whether it's the narcotics. And that's what's crazy to see that this White House just does not have any sort of a plan to address this. No plan. Let's go to your calls, everybody, on the Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mary, line five in New Jersey. Mary, your thoughts? Yes, well, I, I just think there's a complete inconsistency with the fact that they're attempting to uh, do away with Title 42 when every night we hear on the TV that there's a triple-demic with RSV, COVID, and flu, and, and the fact that of, of 14,000 or 18,000 people per day. Do you not think that's going to crash the medical system? I mean, uh, this can, cannot be sustained, and there should be some emergency injunction that extends Title 42 so that uh, we can get our bearings. I worked for immigration for 20 years, adjusting people to permanent resident status, and we tried so hard to do our job. If the Homeland Security isn't going to do its job now, they should disband it because uh, they're, they're not – I mean – you know, what are they they uh, achieving? I, it, Biden's presidency is the worst I've seen in my lifetime, and I'm his age. Wow. Mary, that says a lot. What did you do in the immigration system? What was your role? I, I interviewed people uh, in their applications for permanent resident status. Have you and ever it, seen it like this, where literally no. 5.5 million since Biden's been president? No. Wow. And Mayorkas was under... Ed- um, under investigation as early as 2010 uh, on, uh, during the, uh, Biden administ- uh, the Obama administration. And uh, uh, God bless Charles Grassley. He was investigating him that, then. And um, What was he being investigated for again? Just remind us again. What was he? Uh, because his, his whole philosophy is that uh, the adjudicators are supposed to, quote, find your way to yes. You know, you, you, you know just not, not be too... Uh, consistent with the law but well you know, you know what he's changed mary now as opposed to yes it's like hell yes <laughs> yeah well that's it that's it you know he just wanted and if if you were a little if you wanted to follow everything by the book sometimes your denials were placed aside for a while so you know they want you to encourage uh, to encourage you to um uh, approve more cases. Wow. Mary, thank you very much for your insight, especially somebody who worked in immigration, as you said, for a long time. And she's saying she has never, ever seen it like this. And that Mayorkas was a soft border person. And boy, he is like uh, like a soft ice cream. He's like vanilla and pistachio and chocolate all mixed together. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Washington, D.C. and Alaska, uh, because U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, Republican of Alaska, of course, applauded Senate passage of her bill. It is the Colonel Mary Louise Rasmussen campus of the Alaska VA Healthcare System Act of 2022. Boy, is that a long title. 
uh, Murkowski introduced the bill in October 2022 with then U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan uh, also as a co-sponsor at the time. The bill, which has garnered widespread support from Alaska's veteran organizations, designates the name change from the Alaska VA Clinic to Colonel Mary Louise Rasmussen Campus of Alaska VA Healthcare System, as I mentioned, after the late Colonel Mary Louise Rasmussen, who is a leader in the Women's Army Corps, who helped expand opportunities for women serving in the military. And she basically said the senator that with over 20-year military career for this colonel, and she was a member of several military organizations in Alaska, it is no wonder that Colonel Mary Louise Rasmussen is a well-known name in the state of Alaska. And during her service, she spent her life advocating for women in the military, expanding their opportunities, and was later awarded the Legion of Merit for her work. So bravo to, of course, uh, that great colonel, uh, the late colonel, and also her just incredible, incredible work expanding opportunities for women and how beautiful to see Women and men, of course, uh, being appreciated in the military. That's why we love doing our Support Our Heroes segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, as you know, the holidays are here. You can hear it in our great Christmas music that we're playing. And it is time to help make a difference. This holiday season, the Red Apple Audio Network is teaming with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual Holiday Radio Athon this Thursday, December 15th from 6 a.m. to noon. Help us raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation's Great Season of Hope. All of the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes uh, and, of course, their families too this holiday season. Um, you don't have to wait also till Thursday. Right now, you can donate. $11 a month. That's what it is. It's just $11 a month or more if you want. And do it at T2, the number 2, T2T. Happy holidays, everybody. And thank you from the Red Apple Audio Network. And thank you for helping America's heroes, our great military and first responder, hero, first responder heroes and their families this holiday season, uh, and of course, all the incredible great work that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation does. Um, I had the honor of speaking at their recent gala and meeting so many of these incredible families um, and incredible heroes. Uh, what the Tunnel to Towers Foundation does is just amazing, um, giving those mortgage-free homes to the families of those who lost uh, loved ones, protecting our country and helping us. Uh, also, the smart homes for those who've been seriously injured. This is such an incredible organization by Frank Siller and his incredible team. I can't uh, just speak highly enough about them. And we're so honored to be a part of it. So find out how you can help give to this great organization. Go to t2t.ritacosbyonline.com and do whatever you can. It's a great, great holiday gift to give somebody to. It's a great donation for such a great mission. And we are talking, of course, about what's going on in our border situation. It is a disaster. And we were just hearing from especially the folks at El Paso 
they are so worried that their systems are just being overrun. There are so many people crossing into El Paso that all the shelters, all the different facilities, they're just totally overrun. So they're letting people out onto the streets. And guess what's happening? Neighbors and ranchers, people there are saying, suddenly these people are showing up on my driveway or knocking on my door. Uh, What do I do? I mean, talk about a dangerous and just scary, scary situation. By the way, in the middle of all this, politics certainly does play a role. Gavin Newsom, who doesn't go to the border at all, suddenly, what a surprise, he goes to the border. This was a classic. He goes to the border, and then he goes on the Mexican side. He does a little video on the California side, and he basically said that, you know what, I need our Democrats, everybody has to work together, that even the Democrats have to take some responsibility uh, for the situation, for the crisis at the border. You know what's so interesting? This guy has been the governor of California. He's been a California politician for years. Didn't really matter before, but now that there's word that he might be running for governor, uh, running for president against President Biden, even though he told them at the White House he wasn't, but the way he's positioning himself, he sure looks like he is gearing up to potentially either run against Biden or if Biden decides not to run. Biden is probably going to announce whether he's going to run or not at the beginning of the year. He was supposed to do it after Thanksgiving. He waited. Now it's like he might be waiting for who knows how long. If I'm Biden, he maybe doesn't even know what time of year it is. That's a whole other issue. But Gavin Newsom decides to go down to the border. What a surprise. As he looks like he's gearing up for a presidential run to either announce it very soon or if not, he'll wait till the next go around. But he's gearing up for something. So suddenly now the border is an issue. What a surprise. I'm glad at least he went down to the border. But, you know, talk about just playing politics. He doesn't meet with Governor Abbott. He doesn't meet with any of the GOP. He just goes down and he meets with some of these organizations that are funding the migrants and funding the process of getting them through even quicker. But at least he does go down to the border. I'll give him at least credit for that. That's a lot more than President Biden has done. And boy, is this situation just at the border a mess. We've got Title 42 about to be lifted again in about a week. And they are expecting, as I mentioned, 10,000 illegal migrants a day. Our system can't handle it. I mean, at what point do we just say, you know, why are we a sovereign nation? Our sovereignty is totally on the line right now. Think about everything that it's costing us. The fact that I, you know, I'm all for being a country that welcomes immigrants. My parents were both immigrants. I'm a first generation American. My father's from Poland. My mother's from Denmark, you know, but they came here on the Queen Mary. Then they did it the right way. They went through the process. They learned the language. They did all the things, took the tests. And years later, they became American citizens. But this is not by going illegally And by this administration just turning a blind eye, think about how much it has cost America in health care. Somebody brought up also the issue, of course, of, you know, COVID that we were just hearing about, too, as well, and all the issues that are happening. What about their criminal track records? We're not able to trace them. So we're letting millions upon millions of people come into this country. And also, cartels are making so much money. Think about how much fentanyl has come. I mean, this is unbelievable, the fact that every year there's about 100,000 people that are dying in the United States. It is the leading cause of death. 
for people 18 to 45 in the United States of America is fentanyl. Guess where it's all coming? It's from coming from two cartels in the southern border by way of China that's helping them. And yet we're not clamping down on that. I mean, at what point do we just are we why don't they just say, hey, we're surrendering the border. We're making this a totally open country and drug dealers are welcome. At least I'd respect them more to say that if the administration said that. At least they'd be honest because they're not doing anything to change it. And if they're worried about like guns and all these other things, you don't you don't think along with fentanyl that they're gun running. I mean, there is so much going on at the border, and we don't even know the tip of the iceberg, and that is so, so scary. Here is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, and this is what she has to say of what a contrast it is from this administration to the one before. Under President Trump, we had a secure border, and now we have a wide open border with millions crossing into our country. Many of them are criminals bringing in deadly drugs that are killing our children and are devastating our communities. Many of them are known terrorists and MS-13 gang members. Yeah, and they're all coming through the United States, and now this Title 42 thing is expected. It's so bad. You know it's bad when the Biden administration is kind of like, uh, yeah, we think it's going to get a lot worse, a lot more people coming through the border. They don't say worse. They just say more coming. You know it's bad when they say that. It's going to be like, uh, you know, if you thought it was like uh, the OK Corral at the border, it is going to be the wild, wild west starting in about a week. And here's a little bit more of Lauren Boebert basically saying that Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the head of Homeland Security, needs to be held accountable. And I hope he gets called on day one with the new Republican House. Remember, they start January 3rd. That can't come soon enough. Secretary Mayorkas has refused to address this crisis but we won't. He regularly lies to the American people, claiming that the southern border is closed. I've been there, it's wide open. Secretary Mayorkas has failed to enforce the laws on the books and the American people demand accountability for what is happening at the border. House Republicans are in the majority now and it's time that we act, not just speak about what is happening. And the impeachment of Mayorkas is the appropriate place to start. I agree. He needs to be hauled here. And how can you say with a straight face that the border is closed in any shape or form? And we just heard from our previous caller who was working with the Immigration Department for years. And she said even back in 2010, he was like an open border guy. And she said he's gotten a a lot worse. Boy, scary times are ahead. And that saddens me. What country in this world has such an open border policy and could care less, sadly, about the situation. We care about it, but this administration has to care too. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jennifer on line seven. Uh, Jen, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Uh, I, I, I pray that they will impeach Mayorkas so that they can get him under oath. And um, I wish they would do it at primetime hearings because unless you watch Film Illusion on Fox News and you see the video of what's happening at the border, most people have no clue because the mainstream media has absolutely zero interest because it puts the administration, uh, this current administration in a bad light. And a couple of other points, please. If people knew the hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars seven years ago, it was well over $200 billion a year we spent on illegal immigration. Could you imagine what it is now just with the influx this year? There's a, there's a, a, a public service announcement that plays up here every night 
in the Boston area, and it says, one out of six American children are struggling with hunger. Well, if that's the case, if we're not feeding our own children and we can't take care of our own, we know about the homeless vets, we know about the bad medical care over the years that the veterans have got, why the hell are we inviting states' work, a whole state's work of people in every year? There are, there are many states in this country that don't have the population, Rita, that has influxed this year from that border. And let's not forget about the crime. Thousands upon thousands a year that die at the hands of illegals. I'm not saying they're all murderers and awful people, but we need to know who's coming. They need to have physical vetting, you know, for health risks. They need to have, all, they should be sponsored like they were before years ago, like my grandparents were. And my parents, and, by the way, had sponsors and they had to be vetted. Yeah. And one last thing, Rita, let's not forget about the criminal element just as it affects our residents here. It's like their meaning when. I, I just want to say this. Uh, President Trump had an office within the White House for the Angel family, families who had lost family members to victim. They were victims of crime of illegal aliens. When Biden went in, he kicked those people out. He kicked out the Angel families. And you know what he put in? An office to support people that felt they had grievances, grievances, uh, illegal aliens that had grievances with the American people, like at whatever level. So he was out to advocate for the illegals, and he kicked out the Angel family. <laughs> That's it, outrageous. It, Jen, I, you know, Jen, I'm glad you brought that up, because that, that is a really powerful testament to where his priorities are. I mean, who could kick out the Angel families? First of all, these people who lost loved ones as a result of illegals. And I remember when that was set up, because I remember a number of them joined Trump at press conferences and different things. Um, and for the Biden administration. But you know what, Jen? Sadly, I'm not surprised. Are you? Based on no, his policies. And, yeah, this is truly a purposeful thing, that, that what they have done here. And they mocked uh, Tucker Carlson when he talked about the replacement theory and this and that. Listen, you can call it whatever you want. But if you don't think that just with the, with the 2 million uh, DACA recipients they're talking about, by the way, over 75% of DACA recipients are on at least one form of welfare. So let's get that clear. And yet, if you don't think that their family members will then get amnesty and it goes on and on, Rita. And, and lastly, our Congress, this Congress right now, when it goes into effect in January, they're the first thing they should be doing. Stop wringing your hands about Title 42. Do something about the asylum law. We have control of that within the Congress. They are the ones that hold that power. And sadly, the American people don't demand it of it. And we care more as a nation about Ukraine's borders than we do our own. And like you said, Rita, we are no longer a sovereign nation. And it breaks my heart to say that. It but breaks my heart, too. Go to any cemetery and look at the countless American flags that are flying on the graves of soldiers. What did they die for, Rita? Not for this. Thank you for hearing me. No, you know, Jen, thank you. you I, I feel your passion and your emotion, Jen, and I feel the same way because you're right. Um, they fought to defend this great country, um, this country that, again, I don't blame people for wanting to come here, but shame on us if we're not vetting them, just as you brought it for the health reasons and the criminal reasons. And they have already found more than 100 that are on the terror watch list I mean, you got to be pretty bad to make it to the terror watch list. And those are just the ones we know about. I mean, it, the numbers are skyrocketing in terms of what we have seen in past years. And the border agents are overwhelmed. They feel underappreciated. Remember, they were accused of the whipping the migrants, which never happened. Um, so it's like they are vilifying the agents. 
and uh, Bill of, and sadly, kicking out the angel families. These are the ones who lost loved ones as a result of illegal migrants. I mean, how could you not, you know, uh, have them be priority? My goodness. Um, and to fill it in with uh, migrants who are, you know, with their grievances. But that is the way this administration has handled it. And it is outrageous. It's a shameful. And, yeah, we want to be welcoming. But we also got to be smart. And we got to care about protecting our country. And just as Jen just so eloquently said, uh, we have people, you know, we're defending our country for our borders. You know, if somebody said, hey, we're going to suddenly have a whole bunch of people just come to the border and rush into the country and nobody's going to be vetted and there's going to be criminals and others. And you didn't say, hey, maybe we should check them first. You would think you need a lobotomy. And yet that's what's happening every single day. It is disgusting and it's frightening And it really saddens me, too, Jen. Uh, We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Title 42 about to be lifted, which means... Even more migrants crossing our border. I I mean, can we handle more? Are you kidding me? Uh, By the way, they just said that basically in about a week, a million fentanyl pills have crossed into the United States in about a week. That's just one week. Think about the damage that can happen to United States citizens. We mentioned over 100 on the terror watch list. Do we even have a border and why even have a sovereign country whatsoever if you're going to have this kind of crazy outrageous policy by this administration and it's about to get a lot lot worse let's go to susan in brooklyn on line six susan your thoughts about all this well rita like what you're saying about the border crossings um the magnitude of this now is um you know it's beyond comprehension really uh, but it has gone, as you said, from a crisis to a catastrophe. And this is why I really believe that all common sense people that want to um, uh, have our legacy as a sovereign nation have to understand that Donald Trump He already has done this. It's not his first rodeo. To bring in any new president would take such a learning curve, an onboarding. We do not have the luxury of that. So I really hope that people, and many people, even on your station, you know, we're getting into petty things um, about some of his – you know, he's not perfect, but he has the executive mind. He's been there. He's already proven he was not allowed a second term. We would not be facing any of these. Uh, just I don't think people can really wrap their head around what we are facing. Look at Venezuela. Look what happened to them. This is we are on that path. And I really hope people will understand that he he did so much more good with every all the bullets that were coming to him, what he achieved for everyone. 
uh, all the way, you know, from kids who didn't graduate from high school. They could get jobs. Obama didn't do that. Clinton didn't do that. Donald Trump funded permanently black colleges. Obama didn't do that. He did so much good. And I really pray that people will stop talking about governors and, you know, people that were in the cabinet when he is, I mean, just the fact that he would even do this again, we need to do it. And by the way, we definitely need somebody, uh, just as you said, because Trump certainly cared about our border security and it's going to take a lot of work. You're going to need somebody. It's going to be tough love to even start reversing the damage that's been caused by this administration. As I brought up, Susan, I think the damage, sadly, is for generations to come caused by this administration, the Biden administration. And you need somebody like a Trump to come back, just like you said. And he cares enough. He deeply cares about this country, deeply cares about the sovereignty. And there's no doubt uh, that it was working when he was here protecting our border. Uh, let's go to the other Susan. It's a Susan Knight. Uh, Susan, line eight. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Hi. Uh, good evening. Um, you know, I, I don't have that much more to add. We've had, as you said, such eloquent uh, speakers. But I have to say, um, the border situation fills me at this moment with terror, a true sense of terror and revulsion when I think that this is absolutely deliberate. And I have to ask myself and everybody the basic question as to why, what is behind this. I mean, I think the man spoke very intelligently when he said one of the intentions was to turn the border states from red to blue. That makes a lot of sense. And then one could say, well, we have to get out and make sure that we vote. But now we see what the Democrats have done to what was once a fine voting process. And Yeah. And you know what? You know, Susan, you're right. Because if you look at it, why else would they be doing this? Who would destroy our country? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.